Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Job Papaloni Show. Today, we have Monique Manigault. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> so, how are you, Monique? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here today. Absolute pleasure. I want to start off the podcast the way I usually start off all my podcasts, which is a question about who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Great. Okay. Who am I? So I'm Monique Manigold. I am a New York attorney, but I run a personal development company where I assist entrepreneurs on growing their business at top speed, and I assist individuals on growing their life at top speed. How did I get there? Well, that's the million-dollar question. Really, I believe that all stepping stones in my life allowed me to get to where I am. When I look back over the course of my life, I, I see one by one the different lessons and the different steps that led me precisely to where I am. And so, you know, we do this work online, offline, all over the world. Um, and I also have a nationally syndicated television show in the United States. Wow, that's that's incredible. The uh, television show caught me. It did catch me off guard and it didn't catch me off guard. Like, because before when we before we went live, you kind of mentioned something like that. But I, I didn't realize that was still active. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, Let me just share with you. The TV show is um, about all about inspirational women who are doing great work in the world. And so we tell the stories of individuals who have overcome tremendous uh, triumphs and uh, obstacles to get to where they are. Um, We focus on everyday people. Occasionally, we'll have some celebrities. We'll drop celebrities in every now and then. But it's been really important to myself and to uh, the executive producer of the show for us to focus on ordinary people so that they can inspire ordinary people to be able to live that much greater. Wow. Awesome. Like, you know, how did that come about? Let let, let me ask that question because now my curiosity is, uh, you know, a peach. Yeah. So uh, the executive producer and creator of the show is Daryl Pitts. And he had he had created it. He thought it would be wonderful to have the stories of inspirational women told, ordinary people uh, told in, in the country. We're on all the major networks, ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, and the CW, so that women can see what women can do and what's possible in their lives. Um, the way I became part of the show was that uh, I was informed that it was launching, and a dear friend of mine who saw me on tour, on a tour stop in Chicago, said, we have a great show that's happening and we wanna recommend you to be one of the women. And so I literally was one of the women who was featured in the, in the uh, debut of the show, the airing of it. And after Daryl, the producer, executive producer and creator met me and heard my story, um, at the time we would interview not only the woman herself, but those around her. So that included my parents, both my parents who are entrepreneurs, it included a client and a music producer because I grew up in the recording business. Um, and so once he heard my story, he said to me, you know, your story, your life exhibits all that I want this show to be. You know, would you please be a part of it? And so I became a producer and I'm on air talent. So I'm actually on air as well for the show. 
Well, that's great. Yeah, thank wow. you. But yeah, and I'm gonna backstep a bit here because you said you're a uh, an attorney, right? I am New York attorney. A, a practice attorney, a practicing attorney. Yes, I still practice. I mean, I've been I've been a, an attorney for over 20 years. Um, so I don't do as much uh, legal work as I used to, but I will always be and always practice as an attorney. That is incredible. Like, it's kind of stumps me, guys. I'm going if you're and legal, and you've been doing legal for so long, why do anything else? Because for me, great question. That's a great question, John. For, <laughs> for me, uh, becoming a lawyer, being a lawyer, was a part of my greatest story. It wasn't the, the total of the story itself. It wasn't the sum of the story. It was a piece of the story. And I became an attorney. I, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. I come from uh, both my parents are, are entrepreneurs and, and built uh, great companies. I, growing up, worked in my family businesses. Those were my first jobs. And as such, for me, becoming a lawyer was about two things, twofold. Number one, being able to help support those who didn't have a voice and to be able to be the voice of the voiceless. And two, to help advance the business opportunities for myself as well as my my family. And so, you know, 10 years in, I had pretty much served that um, and knew that I would still I would still be a lawyer, but I would do it in a different way. And I would be able to integrate some of my other gifts in being able to do that. Wow. I mean, fascinating there, right? Like it's because I mean, obviously I knew it wasn't the cash, right? Because let, let's be honest, if it was cash, you being a lawyer, you know, and being in it for as long as you have would have meant that you're succeeding with it, right? Because I mean, let, let's be honest, there's a lot of people who go into being a lawyer, just like a real estate agent. And there's a good chunk of them that make zero, but those ones yeah. don't last 20 years. So <laughs> the fact that you lasted 20 years clearly means that you had a success path. So it's not often that you hear. So, so my point I'm getting at, I knew your decision wasn't money related. Oh, so it's yeah. sort of the, it became the like, wow, you know what I mean? Successful attorney doesn't need to do anything else, but still wants to do more, still wants to give more. You know what I mean? Like that is fascinating. Well, well, thank you so much. And I, like you, you know, I didn't just practice law during that time. I also was a New York real estate broker, investor, and a home builder, developer. So I wasn't just doing the law. I was able to still integrate other businesses um, and, and be able to balance all of that as well. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. So you got into the uh, TV aspect, but now you also said you're into personal development. Personal development. So going back uh, right before the crash, the real estate crash here in America, um, I was running my law practice, Times Square. We were talking about New York City earlier, right, uh, right in Times Square. And I knew that the days of me practicing law full time were coming to an end. And that I really wanted to focus my energy on the things that were really important to me and the work that I loved. And so I had already been a speaker. I started speaking on behalf of my family businesses at the age of 13. And I knew that um, I wanted to be away. And so I created my personal development company. 
Um, and I just was going to focus on that as well as building homes, one of the greatest joys of my life. I love building homes. But then the crash happened and I had to do what we all have to do at some points in our lives. And that's to pivot and to change course. And I had to do it really quickly because I had tons of banks after me. I had to deal with short sales and getting rid of properties and, you know, properties that were supposed to sell then became rentals and, you know, all of the, the underbelly of the real estate crash here in the country. Um, but I'm so grateful for that. You know, at the time when we're in the midst of our storms, when we're in the midst of the storm. It doesn't always feel great. It doesn't always, you know, look the best as you look around. But uh, the wonderful thing about life is that the sun always shines again. And so, you know, during those moments, we have to just look at what's in our best interest and what our overall goal is moving forward. And so for me, um, I needed to just spend most of my time building out my personal development brand, my personal development business, uh, not worry about real estate at the time because it wasn't the time, of course, to build homes and to really just focus my time and energy on speaking, inspiring and teaching. And that's what I did. That's kind of interesting, right? Like, I mean, wow, right? Like, it's one of those things. How did you choose personal development, though? Like, it could, like you could have done anything. Right. Like, I mean, obviously, 2008, let's be frank, 2008 was a lot worse in, in America than it was in Canada. Right. And yeah. Canada Absolutely. is more of a pause. Absolutely. Than it was uh, there was no crash. Right. So obviously, we, you know, there's a lot of turmoil going on. Yep. A lot of uh, devastation going on. Yep. So obviously, like you said, that's an opportunity to pivot. Yep. But what made you resonate with the personal development field over anything else? Yeah. So I really had been already, um, I've been working in the field of personal development. I feel like all my life, I used to uh, always look to help to support people, to inspire people, to help people move forward in overcoming different issues and challenges in their lives. There's a story that I talk about when I was on the television show in the first episode. Um, actually, I think my mom shared it. And so we used to own, my family owned a Chinese restaurant in Midtown. Interesting. And I used to, and this is before New York was cleaned up. I mean, back then it was when drug dealers were out in the streets and just wasn't what Times Square is today. But I used to literally stand outside on the street corners and I would talk to the drug dealers. And I did this regularly. I was 13, 14, 15 years old. And I did that because I knew that although, you know, I mean, in the world, people always want to think that, you know, people who are committing crimes are so much different than everyone else. But the reality is we have much more in common than we than we than we than we don't. And I wanted to talk to them because I knew I could share and impart something with them. And I knew that I could learn from them as well. And so inspiring people, you know, sharing with people, trying to lift people was something that I've always done my entire life. When I, when I was saying I, I grew up in a music business, I was offered my first contract at the age of 13 years old. My music was always about inspiring and lifting people. So from that vantage point, it makes perfect sense that I would go into personal development to just do more of that. 
to just expand that out, you know, in a greater way from stages, from, you know, television, the same thing I do on TV. I just have different uh, mediums in which I deliver it, but it's all the same. It's all the same work, uplifting and inspiring the human spirit. Awesome. So, which brings up two other points here. Um, one point being that, uh, you know, going through all these transitions and and and, uh, and learning new things and pivoting and all the chaos that was going around during these moments, um, many times we go through life, and sometimes we get supports from people that we uh, that we're close to. Sometimes we get negative concern, and it's not meant as negative as in a put down. It's usually meant out of love, but it's they're projecting their fears. Yes. So yes. Where, where my question is is that. When you were going through all these transition and chaos was coming, yes. what was the support like at home? So, you know, I come from a very unique family. I share with you that both of my parents are entrepreneurs. And so um, they understand the journey of an entrepreneur. And I have to say, you know, I overcame tremendous academic challenges in school to become a lawyer. Um, from being told when I was younger uh, that I had some sort of writing disorder to being academically suspended from college to then going back and redoing my entire four years over and fighting my way into law school. And so when I think about my life and the different challenges that I've had, not only business-wise as an entrepreneur, but also academically um, and, and financially, right, as an entrepreneur, I could not, if I was, you know, I come from the world of television. So if I was creating and writing a character myself, I could not create better characters than those of the two parents that I have. And so the support really and truly was always positive. It was always get up and go again. It was always, maybe not right now, but, you know, just keep working towards it and it'll happen. And so life has lived in seasons, all sorts of seasons, depending on you know what's happening. Um, and I just always knew for myself that no matter what it looked like in that given moment, that there would be a season where I would be able to soar in whatever it was. And as long as I kept putting one foot in front of the other, at some point that season that season would rise. And so you know, my support at home with my parents has has been and and has and always will be that of nothing but support. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. It absolutely is. I never when I was younger, I didn't understand uh, how unique that was. Of course, now working with thousands of entrepreneurs and dealing with and, and hearing all of their challenges and and issues, I really do see just how much of a gift and a blessing that really has been for me. Makes sense. Now, the reason I asked you that was because you said your parents were entrepreneurial, yeah. right? So it's a different perspective than the typical parent who's done the nine to five their whole life, who spread the whole message of go to school, get a good education so you can get a good job. You can have that white picket fence and retire and live off your pension. And yes. we know that today's pretty much as bull crap, yep, but absolutely. they grew up in an era where that wasn't bullcrap. It's just nobody anticipates change. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. No one anticipates change. And, you know, Americans, as people in general around the world, are conditioned 
into that belief. And so when you're doing something different, you know, it's, it's a stark different difference for what people have been taught, what they've been bred, what they want to believe, what's easy, what's supportive, you know, what makes sense for them. And I don't know, you know, for me, I've just always seen what the masses do. And I've always wanted to do something different because it's just never been overly impressive for me. And clearly I come from parents who have, you know, maybe not articulated it the same way, but have always created their own path. Yes, of course. Yeah. Right. So, and, and, and it's good. It's good to have it that way. Absolutely. Now, with that being said, right, like everyone believes that business is one way, just like this. Yep. Or just like this. Uh, right. It's never, you know, that's what people believe. Yeah. Business is really. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Right. So we have moments where we start something, we start building into something. Yep. Then we have that moment where we're going, what the f am I doing? Yes. Yes. Right. Why am I doing this? Life yes. could be so much simpler if I did something else. Yes. Right. And we all go through that. Yeah. Then it leads to that moment where you finally get over that hump because not everybody does. Some people just quit. Yep. Many but people if people quit, quit, they wouldn't be here having this conversation. Yes. So we obviously know you went over that hump. Yes. With that being said, once you go over that hump, you usually find a spot, what I call that aha moment. Mm -hmm. And that aha moment is usually sort of the, it was rough. It was challenging. Sometimes I doubted myself. Sometimes I praised myself. Mm -hmm. But I finally know I'm where I'm meant to be and where I'm supposed to be going. Yep. You know, it's aha. I got it. I yep. did it. I am here. I may not be at the end zone, but sure. at least I know I'm on that path. Yes. What was that aha moment for you? Great. Or when was it, should I say? You said, oh, when was it? You when said, was when it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's happened multiple times, to be honest. I feel like it's happened at different points in different seasons with different aspects of who I am in business. But in general, I mean, I think that I feel, here's, here's the first part of it. The first part is, you have to know and understand that all of that is part of the journey. You know, I often talk to a lot of new entrepreneurs, oftentimes even young entrepreneurs. We attract a lot of millennials and, and young people into our programs. And, you know, I often hear them talk about and comparing themselves to the success of maybe someone who is 20 years beyond them or someone who has, you know, been in the game of entrepreneurship uh, for years and, and has so much more experience. And I often say to them, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And, and this is all part of it. This is all part of, of the story of entrepreneurship. I feel like I've had that, the thought of that many, many times. And I feel as if, um, you know, whenever I'm working on something new, it's as if, there's a new epiphany about it, right? It's a new epiphany. It's like, okay, well, now I'm working in television. And so now I have to learn so many new things. And I now have to, you know, really kind of hone certain skills in that area. But then, you know, you kind of hit, as you said, there's like that aha moment, or it's like that little, um, it's like that piece where it's like, oh, like, you know, I'm starting to feel a little bit comfortable here. And I love that because it's always a great sign 
of doing the work that you're supposed to be doing. I believe that the universe is constantly, constantly depositing signs and, and, and you know, some people call them breadcrumbs along the way. And when I look back at like, you know, my first shows when I started several years ago and I look at now how much, how far I've grown, it's like, you know, that's part of the process. And, you know, you can't jump into anything new and expect to, you know, hit tens out the gate. That's just not how life works. But the ability to keep challenging yourself and keep putting new obstacles and new opportunities in front of you really does allow for you to constantly be creating yourself anew and have those ahas over and over and over again. Love that. Makes total sense. Now, you brought up something, the whole millennial thing, right? And yes. I don't mean that. And just to be clear, it's not going to be a millennial attack like sure. most people do, right? It's going to be where I'm going here is that one thing I noticed, and that's no one's patient. Like we're not born patient. It's something we learn. Yes. But I find over the generation, they become less and less patient. Yes. And I've met so many people that have gone in to try something and said, okay, I'm going to try this Instagram thing as an example. And, or I'm going to do a podcast mm -hmm. three months later. Hey, how's the podcast going? Oh yeah, it didn't work. I, I gave up. Oh, right. really? Well, what happened? Oh, uh, well, I did three episodes and only five people listened to it. So it wasn't working. Right. Meanwhile, we know that success really comes from doing something every single day consistently and looking for improvements as you go without giving up the consistency over a long period of time ends up building small gains that eventually over that period ends up looking like a big gain. Yes. But it didn't happen overnight. And in fact, most people don't build a real audience for the very first six months. Right, right. Right. And then it's not that six months later you have a real audience. You, you have six months of, you know, little growth here, little growth there. Sometimes you lose and have a, a bit of a decline. Yeah. And then six months later is where you start to see it starting to itch up, itch up, itch up. Right. Right. So, right. and I know, and I noticed that there's just that, this lack of patience. They want instant gratification. Yes. And it's kind of crazy. Like, how, like, wow. Right. Like, and, and that's normal mm -hmm. now. Have you ever felt that need for instant gratification? How did you learn the patience? Yeah, I feel like I, I never really had the instant gratification because that's never been my life. It's <laughs> just never been my life. You know, I shared with you the academic challenge I had uh, when I was in um, probably, I guess, middle school. Um, I, I moved from one from the city to a suburb. And I went from them telling my parents that they wanted to skip me to the next year telling them I had some sort of writing problem. Never identified, never qualified, um, but they said it. And the mere words alone sent me into a writing depression that would last for over 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it would last over 10 years because, you know, writing is everywhere. Is everywhere. And I was told by guidance counselors, don't uh, bother going to college if I was just go to community college, basically. And so, you know, with that, at the time I was singing, so I, I left school. I mean, I went to college. I, I was accepted, went to Bates University. But um, the fear that was created around writing was so 
treacherous for me that, you know, in college where writing was the main two grades that you would get in a semester, midterm, final, um, I was, I ended up being academically suspended from school, not once, but twice, but twice. And so since I was singing, I went ahead and I, you know, continued singing. And at some point um, I knew that the season would come again, where I would have to return to school. and, And I knew that I would overcome it in a different season. And I went back and I did my entire four years over. It was an A student, um, you know, political science, uh, honorary, you know, just all sorts of, of great things. My writings became um, models that were put on reserve in a library for other students to, to model after me. And I became a reporter, a writer, and then, of course, a television writer and soon to be a movie writer. So nothing in my life happened overnight. You know, I did my four years of of undergrad all over again because I didn't want any issues around, you know, some of the lower grades that I received when I still had the fear consume me and I wasn't performing at my highest level in writing. And so I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what overnight success looks like. And I think the reality is when you when you look beyond the surface of overnight success, you find out that it was never overnight. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It takes it, 10 years to be the overnight success. It was just never overnight. Now, look, my brand is called is Leverage Up. Leverage up your business, leverage up your life. And on both sides, it's a 10-step system that helps you to grow at top speed. So having patience doesn't mean that I don't appreciate the value of, of learning strategies and systems that can help move you faster further. Definitely doesn't mean that. But I also know that even within that process, you still have to have the patience to be able to hone certain skills so that you can have sustainable success, not success that happens, you know, that, that kind of um, shows up for a minute or two, right, or for a moment or two, but sustained success that will be able to take you across, you know, the years of your life. Right. Now, one thing I have to say is the whole perseverance thing. Yeah. Right. Like it's I, I'm blown away by that. Right. Like, oh, I'll be honest, twice academically suspended twice. And you go back and not only conquer that, but get your law degree. I don't know how you perceive, per, you know, persevere that much. Yeah. I mean, like that story is so incredible. I would create a company called Perseverance. And have some of your story in that company just because that is so rare, right? Like most people have trouble getting over little bumps, let alone like at that point in time, academically suspended twice. I don't know anyone who would have gone past that. So, I mean, kudos to you on that. Seriously. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And and I think that, you know, when you said that, because look, I don't spend, I don't sit around thinking about this stuff normally, right? Like when I talk, you know, on, on certain platforms and stages, I talk about it, but I don't sit around thinking about it. And I think that it is those sorts of lessons, those sorts of challenges that I had to overcome, which makes me the person, of course, the individual that I am today. And to have the level of grit and strength that I have now. I don't know if I would have had it without those big hurdles to, you know, to, to be able to make it over. Um, but when people ask me, how did I do it and why did I do it? It was because 
I knew innately it was just a challenge of my life and that I would succeed and find success in it on the other side if I had faith in myself and just kept moving forward. And so that's what I did. You know, no, people telling me no wasn't an option. That wasn't a possibility. I, I knew that as long as I believed in myself, I believed in what innately um, I was able to do and instructed to do. I, I knew that God would find me, find me through it. And essentially, you know, I had to fight my way to law school because what I didn't know is that law school takes all of your grades. So it didn't, law school didn't care that I did all four years all over again and became an A student. No, 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 no. They went and found all my grades from everywhere and then averaged them again. Well, now I became a C student. And it's harder for C students to go to law school. Uh, and so I literally had to fight my way in. And I just, I remember talking to one of the deans and I said, look, I will not allow you to hold me to who I was 10 years ago. I won't. It's not acceptable. Because if you do, then what does that speak to, to the ability of a human to change their lives and change who they are and to change their circumstances? Um, I won't allow you to hold me to who I used to be, only to who I am today. And, and clearly, they, clearly they let me in because I'm a New York attorney now. <laughs> that is freaking awesome, Sue. Yeah. Wow, right? Like that—that that is, that is probably one of the best stories I've heard. Well, thank you, thank you so much, John. You know, I, I'm so grateful that it is a source of inspiration for people. You know, these days, you know, today, it was great pain to me at the time, um, but I'm so grateful. Yeah, I believe our greatest blessings are on the other side of our greatest fears, and so that's a great example of it being a stepping stone that was used for me that can now serve so many people. And when I talk about it from stages, it's always so amazing to me how many people come up to me after I speak and say, oh my goodness, that was me. That was me. I was speaking to another attorney from New York just a couple of days ago and she was like, oh, I had academic challenges as well. I was academically suspended, but I never even talked about it because I was so embarrassed by it. And so the fact that it can, it can, you know, lead someone to not feel, um, not feel embarrassed by it and to, you know, not try to hide it, but to live in it and, and share it with others, because we all have our own burdens to share. There is no one that walks the face of this earth that doesn't have a burden that they have to overcome. That's just a fact. And so, you know, mine, some of mine look like this. Yours may look different. And so whatever we can do to share with others so that their burden might be carried a little lighter, I think is what we're supposed to do here on earth. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Now, with that being said, what would your advice be to someone who's, you know, just finishing up high school and debating what's next for their adventure? Like whether they go to university, whether they start a business or even if they go to university to learn some, or college, whichever, to learn something because they want to be in business. But they're scared. They're scared to get out of the traditional mode and they're interested in the entrepreneurial route. What would your advice be to that person? Yes. Wonderful, wonderful question. Um, so my advice would be a few things. I'll give you three. Number one is to really do some soul searching. 
spend some time, you know, with yourself, whether you meditate or if you pray or if you've never done either, uh, just sit with yourself and and really look at what you feel or believe is best for you in your life. I'm a firm believer in people living their own their own lives, uh, being independent thinkers and independent actors, not based on what my mom told me or what this one wants for me. That never works. There have been millions of people who have tried that route and it never works in, in, in your favor, right? In the long run. It can work as far as they get a certain job, they make a certain amount of money, but they're unhappy because they didn't live the life that they wanted to live. And, and I deal with a lot of people who are overcoming that in their 50s and 60s now in my personal development company. So to really spend time looking inward at what it is that they want to be. Number two, create a path to get you there, right? And so you're going to have to do some research. You're going to have to probably study some people, look at some things that other people did and look at the possible paths for you to get there. And then once you do that, what is absolutely unequivocally key is to find mentors. Because if you sit in the midst of trying to figure it out all by yourself and, and walking the road all by yourself, the likelihood is that you will not succeed. That's just a likelihood. You're going to end up giving up. As you said, people in general don't have a tremendous amount of perseverance or patience. And so you will just at some point be so, you know, kind of disappointed by what is happening, the reality, the manifestation of it, that ultimately you probably will give up. But if you have the right mentors, if you can have examples of people that you may know personally or you may not know, but you maybe just followed or you could read a book that shows you how they were able to do it, how they were able to overcome it, I believe you'll have a much, much better chance at getting there than you would ever have on your own. Wow. I love that. Especially the mentor part, right? Like, look, there's a saying out there that success leaves clues. Always, always. Yeah. So when you get that mentor, you follow, you follow someone here, the way I look at it, even with the mentor, yeah. don't just grab anybody and call them a mentor. Sure. What you want to do is find someone who's done something you want to do. Maybe not the exact same way, but has at least gone through a path that you've wanted to yeah. go through and has successfully gone past that. So yeah. at least we can teach you how to get to that level. And then at that point in time, you can decide what direction you're going from there. Sure, absolutely. And I also think it's helpful because I know a lot of conversation around around mentors, you know, people always almost talk about people as mentors who might be like pies in the sky, like, you know, they got to be way, 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 you know, out somewhere at some level. But I think that you can have mentors that aren't necessarily, you know, a thousand steps ahead of you, but could be just a few steps ahead of you, right? That have been able yeah. to succeed at what it is that you want to succeed in. And maybe all of their life may not look like that, but there might be an aspect of it that you can glean the information necessary that you can then apply to your life and help you to move forward. Well, absolutely. I agree with you on that point, right? Because a lot of times people think find a mentor and they're looking for the uh, Fortune 500 CEO to mentor them. That guy don't have time for you. Yeah. Not at your level. Right, like not at the you know level of where you're at the starting point, trying to figure out how to get to step two. Sure. That guy is just long past that, and he probably doesn't even remember what he did in step two. Yeah. So, but if you're struggling through getting sales, and you don't know how to ramp up your sales, 
and you seem to be stuck with the same thing over and over and over with very, very minimal results, maybe look at somebody in the industry who's the top sales guy. Yes, yes. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Agree. I totally, totally agree. And these people are really everywhere. They're everywhere. And it's your job, right, as the individual who wants to change their lives or who wants to move forward in a particular way, it is your job to identify those people and to connect with them so that you can advance forward. And while we're talking on it and speaking about it, know and understand that oftentimes, most times, for you to get this level of support is going to pay. It's not going to be it's not going to be free. You know, the best level of support is that of which that, you know, you pay for it so that you are in some sort of formal, um, perhaps educational group or uh, program or something like that, as opposed to because we know there's lots of people who just want people out of the goodness of their heart to spend endless time and energy with them. That's not really how it works. So you have to be prepared to. Um, you know, be open to investing in certain levels of education and information and programs to help give you the information that you need to get you there. I mean, I think that that's so important. That's what I did for myself um, in my business and personal development. I came into personal development as a lawyer. I've already been a New York lawyer over 10 years. So clearly I had certain experiences, but I knew that it didn't necessarily equate exactly to running a personal personal development business. It didn't, you know, equate to running a speaking business where, you know, revenues were generated from speaking. And so I hired those people who were doing those things so that it could advance me. I know for a fact, had I not done that, I would not be where I am today in my business. I just wouldn't be. Yeah, agreed. And I, I exactly right. And like, look, more more than likely, there's plenty of advice out there if you to be found, even for free. Yes. But you got to question yourself: the person who's willing to do it for free all the time, why are they doing it for free, and why aren't they working on their own thing? Yeah. Chances are, if you want to learn what not to do, take the free advice. If you want to learn, and and that's not always the case. There's exceptions yeah. to everything. Right. But in general, people who know what they're talking about have been there, have succeeded. And there's got to be some form of incentive for them to put their life on pause so they can help you build up yours. And somebody who's been there is going to be that busy that you're going to be some form of a client. So if they're your mentor, they got to get something out of it too for them to make it worthwhile for them. Yes. Right? There's a saying, you got to give to get. Yes. Yes. And ultimately, it's for your benefit because you'll yes. be able to use that information that you are able to obtain through that and apply it to your life, your business and move yourself forward. Yeah. Plus, the other thing I've learned in life, and this is from experience, when you give away free advice, people do not follow through. Right. But when they pay for it, miraculously, the same advice given <laughs> after it was paid for is usually done within a day or two. Yeah. Well, different level of commitment. Different yeah, level of commitment. and that's where I was going. Exactly. I was going to go, what happens is the payment isn't about the money because the person you're asking for advice more than likely makes a hell of a lot more than he's asking you for. Sure. It's about proving to him, to him or her that you're committed to it because yeah. nobody wants to stop their life, help a person, and then have them not do it anyways. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because that, that was just a waste of time on all ends. Absolutely. So 
You prove your commitment. And how can you prove your commitment? Through an investment. Yes, absolutely. I agree. I agree. So now with that being said, I want to ask you two more questions before we go into the lightning round. Okay. So second last question, how do you know you've had a successful day? When my soul smiles. Oh, good answer. Yeah. Last question is, where do people find you? Oh, great question. So you can find me on all the social media platforms, Facebook, um, Instagram, Twitter as well, but I'm not usually there too much, mostly Instagram and Facebook. And you can find me, Monique Manigault, just look me up. Um, on Instagram, I'm Monique MNYC. And feel free to just drop in and send me a DM. Love to hear from you. Fantastic. So now we're going to get into the lightning round, which is a bunch of uh, questions that are just fun, personal questions, just to get to know you more on a personal side. Yes. Love so, it. Question number one, my favorite question, what's your favorite food and why? Okay. So it's a grouping of food. Um, mm -hmm. It's Asian. Asian food. Love Asian food. Love Asia. Before the pandemic, I used to live between New York and Asia, Singapore and Thailand. Interesting. Now, I was going to say what's your favorite vacation spot, but I got a feeling you're going to tell me it's Asia. Asia. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. Favorite book? Favorite book, Last Days of Socrates. Interesting. Yeah. Um, favorite podcast? Favorite podcast? I don't normally listen so often to podcasts. I probably watch YouTube more, but I will go with Tony Robbins. Well said, well said. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, and last but not least, if you ha were given unlimited amount of money for 48 hours where you get to keep what you spend and what you don't spend gets taken away, what would you do? Okay, I get to keep what I don't spend. No, no, you get to keep what you spend. What I spend. Spend or, yeah, whatever you use. Yep, I get to keep. You get to keep. Yep. Whatever you don't use gets taken away and you're basically back to where you are now with the exception of what you spent. Okay. Here, I mean, here's really the answer. The answer is I would give it all away. Yeah. That That's uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I give it all away. Yep. Yeah. I love that answer. Yeah. Which um, is what I intend on doing with, with my monies anyway, giving it all away. No, interesting. Yeah. So that, that's a good thing, right? Like it's one of those things that, because uh, I could have just asked, you know, if you had a million dollars or $2 million, what would you do? And then most people give the same thing. Oh, I'd pay off my mortgage. I'd buy a Lamborghini. I'd buy whatever. And reality is that's just because they feel like they're on the spot and don't know what to say. Yeah. So the way I word it gets a person to go deeper than the monetary nonsense that they don't really believe in Yes. and go deep and actually answer it the way that they really do believe. Yes. Yes. And the reason that's my answer is because I spent, I give a lot of money away um, because I feel like there's so many people in need and I feel I've been, I've lived such a, a blessed, charmed life, even, even with the challenges, even with them, that there's nothing I need or that I want that I can't have or that I don't have now or that I couldn't have if I really wanted it. And so it would be more important to me 
to be able to help someone else. Love that. Absolutely love it. I want to say thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Me as well. That was great. It was really good, right? It's like time just flies like once you start. Absolutely. Always, always. Fantastic. So until next time, I will uh, bid you adieu. Thank you. If you like what you've seen and you want to see more episodes, subscribe to the link below.